my blessing this morning was uh, an interesting blessing. My little grandson decided that today is uh, Opa Day, so he was following me like nobody's business, and usually after I had my porridge, I go to my office and I just run through the sermon to make sure that I, I have it down pat. This morning, he didn't want to leave me. Omar tried everything to get him out there. He wanted to be in my office, and he wanted a piece of paper, so he stood on the other side of the desk, and he was drawing, and I'm studying, and now I'm ADHD, so that's not always easy. And then he decided, this is nonsense. I need to sit, so he came and sat right on my lap, and I'm trying to study, so if I forget the sermon this morning, I'll have to get him to come sit. Maybe I'll remember it, <laughs> but uh, what a blessing, Right? Uh, he just wants to be there, and we have to make time. That's just as easy as it is, because those days will pass too. And then maybe one day I'll sit on his lap, and he'll, he'll hold me and hug me. That might happen too. Really, really neat story uh, that we're going to, to listen to this morning and, and walk through and just, just break it down. Uh, again, Jesus and the disciples, and, and, and they're so, so interesting. I think, I don't know how old they were, but boy, sometimes they were so like teenagers. <laughs> Sorry, teenagers, I didn't mean that in a bad way. In the sense, and I'll tell you what I mean with teenagers, uh, isn't it true there's an old saying in English that teenagers rush in where angels fear to tread? <laughs> I know I changed it a little bit. But isn't that true? They just go for it, and they, and then, oops, maybe, they were just like that. They just went for it. So this is one of those stories, again, where they didn't think before they asked. So read with me. Matthew chapter 18, and I'm reading from the Good News uh, translation. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, asking, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus called a child to come and stand in front of them and said, I assure you that unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself, herself, and becomes like this child. And whoever welcomes in my name one such child as this welcomes me. Let's, let's break it down a little bit. So, so here we have these disciples coming to Jesus. And again, I am sure they'd had this discussion amongst themselves, and they couldn't come to the right conclusion. So here they come. So Jesus, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In other words, which one of us 12 is more chosen than the other 11. Which one of us is going to sit in the kingdom in that position of honor on the right hand of the Father? Now, just as a little side, Jesus should have been a little offended by that because whose position is that? He doesn't even go there. He doesn't even go there. Now, I'm sure they were waiting expectantly and they might have decided on amongst themselves, Judas, I'm it. Because I carry the purse. I'm the minister of finance. They're going to need me. Maybe John thought, I'm always the one who sits close to Jesus when we eat. I'm the one who was lying against his chest and he would talk to me about other things. 
or Peter was standing off, the other Peter, standing off to the side, chuckling in his beard, thinking, you guys don't stand a chance. He called me Petra, the rock, on which he's going to build the church. Why do you even ask the question? And I imagine Jesus with a little twinkle in his eye because he had a good sense of humor. Looking at them and sees this little child. says, can you just come here for one second? I guess you take if you stood here, Kira. Kira, come on up here. Stand right there. And they're all thinking, what's this? So you wanted to know who is the greatest in the kingdom. There's your answer. I would have loved to have seen their faces. Maybe our faces. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? How do we get there? How do we walk there? I think there's four things that we can notice from this beautiful passage. Number one, on our walk and our way into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, be very careful how you measure. Because go back for a moment to the disciples and then the little child. And as they stand there and Jesus puts the little child there, I'm sure they were saying, ah, look at the little child, but look at us. We know life, we've been through life, we've accomplished so many things. Look how big we are, look how great we are. But on the way to the kingdom of heaven, the one thing we need to learn is that we measure down. We need to learn how to change. We need to learn how to adapt. We need to learn to start all over again like little children. Where do I get that? Verse 3. Jesus said, I assure you, in the Greek it's interesting, he uses the word amen, which we use as amen, which means this is steadfast, it stands fast. This I assure you, that unless you change. Now, change is a beautiful word in Greek. Strefo. Strefo means to go back and start from scratch, to start right over again from the first little block where you started until where you moved. He says, unless you go right back, start from scratch, and then the next one, and become ginomai in Greek. Again, sorry for the Greek words, but I say them so I can take you back to what they're saying. Ginomai is actually the word for birth. When Jesus talks to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and says, Nicodemus, you can never enter the kingdom unless you are born from above. The word born, ginomai. So you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you go right back to square one and unless you become like a little baby. You won't even see it. The, the message, listen to, John, uh, to Eugene Peterson. I'm telling you, once and for all, that unless you return to square one, start over like children, you are not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Peter, James, John, Levi, Matthew, you're way too big for the kingdom. You don't fit. You want to get a chance to get in there? You're going to start measure over. Go back to the beginning. Become like a little baby and learn. Because here's the second thing. You'll also have to learn a new language. 
because in the kingdom of the world, we use words like first, important, great, me, mine. But if you want to walk into the kingdom of heaven, you will have to learn words like small, others, dependent. Because here's the thing. The only way to walk into that kingdom is to learn that the only way you can get there is being dependent on someone. Someone who will love you. Someone who will take care of you because you cannot do that on your own. You will have to learn to sing an old song of the church. Jesus loves me. This I know. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. But he is strong. The language of heaven is a 180 to the language of the world. Let me take you back for a second. I know I've said it, but I want to compare the two. The world says, first, me, great, important. In the kingdom of heaven, have you heard it in the Bible? Have you read it? The kingdom of heaven says, the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. 180. The kingdom of heaven says, the weak shall be strong. The kingdom of heaven says, the small shall be the greatest. To get into the kingdom of heaven, not only will I have to learn to measure differently, but I'll have to learn to speak a new language. Others, the weak, dependent. I also need to learn a new posture. Go back to where they're standing. Adults, little kid. When a little kid stands in front of adults, which way do they look? Up. Where do little kids always look? Up. Because they're the smallest. They never look down on others. What does the world do? Which way do we look? We like looking down, don't we? Little kids know they can't look down because they're the smallest. But little kids have also learned that it's dangerous to look down. Because if you look down, you might look down on that one who was born a little baby in a manger who would become the Son of God. And often as you look down, you might make that wee mistake. For along a little story, it's, I, I just read it and I thought, I'm going to read this to you, and I'm sorry for reading, but I couldn't tell it. It's just beautiful. Listen, just listen and enjoy. It's called When Jesus Comes to Dinner. Ruth looked up at the envelope again. There was no stamp, no postmark, only her name and address. She read the letter one more time. Dear Ruth, I'm going to be in your neighborhood Saturday afternoon, and I'd like to stop by for a visit. Love always, Jesus. Her hands were shaking as she placed the letter on the table. Why would the Lord want to visit me? I'm nobody special. I don't have anything to offer. But with that thought, Ruth, Ruth remembered her empty kitchen cabinets. Oh, my goodness. I really don't have anything to offer. I'll have to run down to the store and buy something for dinner. 
So she reached for her purse, counted out its contents, $7.40. Well, I can get some bread and cold cuts at least. That's a while ago. She threw on her coat and hurried out the door. A loaf of French bread, a half pound of sliced turkey, and a carton of milk left Ruth with a grand total of 12 cents to last her until Monday. Nonetheless, she felt satisfied as she headed home with her meager offerings tucked under her arm. Hey, lady, uh, can you help us, lady? Ruth had been so absorbed in her dinner plans, she hadn't even noticed two figures huddled in the alleyway, a man and a woman, both of them dressed in little more than rags. Look, lady, I don't have a job, you know, and my wife and I have been living on uh, the street, uh, and, well, now it's getting cold and we're kind of hungry, and, well, if you could help us, lady, we'd really appreciate it. Ruth looked at them both, and they were dirty, they smelled bad, and frankly, she was certain that they could get some kind of work if they really wanted to. Sir, I'd like to help you, but I am a poor woman myself. All I have is a few cold cuts and some bread, and I'm having an important guest for dinner tonight, and I was planning on serving that to him. Yeah, well, okay, lady, I understand. Thanks anyway. Man put his arm around the woman's shoulders, turned, and headed back into the alley. As she watched them leave, Ruth felt a familiar twinge in her heart. Sir, wait. The couple stopped and turned as she ran down the alley after them. Look, why don't you take this food? I'll figure out something else to serve my guest. She handed the man her grocery bag. Thank you, lady. Thank you very much, said the man's wife. Ruth now noticed that she was shivering. You know, she said, I've got another coat at home. Here, why don't you take this one? And Ruth unbuttoned her jacket and slipped it over the woman's shoulders. And then smiling, she turned and walked back to the street without her coat with nothing to serve her guest. Ruth was chilled by the time she reached her front door and worried too. The Lord was coming to visit and she didn't have anything to offer him. She fumbled to her purse for the door key. But as she did, she noticed another envelope in the mailbox. That's odd. Mailman doesn't usually come twice in one day. Took the envelope out of the box and opened it. Dear Ruth, it was so good to see you again. Thank you for the lovely meal. Thank you, too, for the beautiful coat. Love always, Jesus. The air was still cold, but even without her coat, Ruth no longer noticed. Just a little story. But here's the thing. When you read this, and that's my large print so I can read it. When you read this, Jesus teaches us a new posture. Verse 5. Whoever welcomes in my name one such child as this welcomes me. Whoever feeds someone who is hungry feeds me. Whoever cares for someone who is in need cares for me. Whoever walks into food basics and buy someone else's groceries. Bought groceries for me. To take care of me. For the Lord of Lords. And the King of Kings. The one that we sang about. That is so holy. Who made this whole world. Became a little one. Just like us. 
and he gave all that he had to little ones such as us. One more little thing. We need to measure differently. We learn a new language. And we learn a new posture of looking up. But we learn to look and listen carefully. Because as we listen and look, our question about who is the greatest in the kingdom will be answered. And we'll hear it with our own ears and see it with our own eyes. For every time we notice someone who is looked down upon, every time we see someone who is marginalized, every time we see someone who is in need, we find a clue to who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For Jesus gave this clue way back, and that's why I said they didn't listen, in Matthew chapter 5, when he sat on the mountain and said, let me explain the kingdom of heaven to you, and here's the constitution. And can you remember what's the first amendment in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven? Matthew 5 verse 3. Blessed are those who realize their need for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He said it way back, and then we ask, who then is the greatest in the kingdom? Those who realize their need for God, who know that I have nothing. And I don't deserve to go anywhere. But I can come stand before my Lord and know who I am. And I can look up. And I can say, Father. And Father knows. And he gives. And then he teaches me. Out of all that he has given, like story of Ruth, I too can give. Because I know what it is to say, I am so dependent on you, Lord, and be taken care of. So, if you want to find that road that leads to the kingdom of heaven, the door is right there in a stable. And if you want to walk on this road that takes you to heaven, you're going to have to stop for a moment next to a man who was on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem and who was overtaken and hurt. And you're going to have to stop and help with his wounds. And on this road, you're going to have to take a moment and stop with a Samaritan woman who's living a strange life and who's cast out and drink a cup of cold water with her. And on this road, you're going to have to pray with the Son of God, as he kneels in a garden, bleeding sweat for you and for me. And you're going to walk down that road of suffering and pain, seeing him carry and stumble under the weight of that cross until he gets to Calvary. And the little one of God will be nailed to a tree so that you and I can say, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And know the 
kingdom of heaven belongs to those who need and who are dependent and who are loved by their Father. And today, you're going to see that. When we break a piece of bread and we drink a little bit of grape juice, I just call it wine, and we drink that, reminds us when God became a little one just like us. And he'll say, eat and drink, and I'll take care of you. Amen. Take a few moments of silent prayer. Thank you, Lord, for loving little ones just like us. But thank you, Lord, that little ones like us may care for one another. We may open our hearts. We may open our hands. We may open our lives. And we may bless as we have been blessed. Thank you for reminding us of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.